February 22nd, 2011. It's Watt from Pedro's show.
what from Pedro show? Uh, sunny Tuesday here in Pedro. A little windy, huh? Yeah, it's pretty Matt? pretty nice though. Beats uh, beats the stormy days we had a few days ago. Yeah. It's right Friday. Yeah, it was howling. Yeah, with the winds wailing here. Yeah, way. Man, Matoko uh, Honda was playing. Yeah, with a, a singer from Taiwan. And my condition, you, you know about my arm, right? Oh, yeah, fucking how's that coming out? Not I quite as purple as the other. Still looks, still looks pretty bad, but nothing like the other day. It was yeah. terrible. And it was twice as wide. And it's got still some, you want to know where Murasaki is, purple. Uh, and the yellow, yellow, that's key roaring. Uh, so there's two words. And uh, But I rode the bike this morning. First time since the hurt. Uh, I don't know if I discussed it with on the radio, but uh, I dislocated my elbow after the gig. Uh, Perk and Brother Wayne Kramer, 14 below. Twanster was there. Yeah. They were all trying to talk to me after. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I should say what we started off the show off with John Coltrane doing uh, But Not For Me and uh, Hanabusa by Shin Matsura. Yeah, you know, I, I want. I always am grateful for people coming to the gigs, want to talk, and but man, the pain was like whoa, and I knew I had to hurry. I had the adrenaline from the gig, and I could get my way home. I couldn't even get myself in the boat. The boss Todd had to like push me in. Damn, that's. I remember the the time you guys were up there before. Uh, Richard fucking Bonnie was was here. Yeah, and me and him carried your your uh, amp in because I remember you were bitching about that same stairwell there. It's like notorious. Yeah, there's <laughs> a hatch, with the, and if it's dark, you don't know you're stepping down into uh, hazard. Maybe a foot down. Wow. So when I went down, my arm went out to block it, and it was too much. It uh, popped it out, and it's never happened before. But it was just like my knees. You know when they go out and. The, it's all swollen trauma and the blue and the yellow and the purple and useless. And in fact, even this gig here in Long Beach uh, a couple days ago, Big Nick played three yeah, songs. Jerry yeah, was all cool. pissed. <laughs> but uh, there's a line where Pete sings a song and he yells karate chop. When he did karate chop, I thought it, you know, acted out. Uh-huh. And my, oh, like, oh! <laughs> Just from swinging my arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all yours. Yeah, I was like, you dumb motherfucker. Because I was like, my fingers, I gotta play the rest of this stuff. But luckily, you know, it came back. But it was like lightning bolt. Man. Uh, pain. Uh, that was a good gig. DPOTs. There's always like playing there. Got a new PA in there. Oh, cool. Yeah, good sound. Uh, and, you know, 12 miles. Yeah, it's handy being close. I just get stuck over on the side watching on the TV, though, from the shape of the place. Yeah, weird cool, shape. Yeah, because you get there early, it's cool. It's uh, kind of dominated by that center serving. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, actually, it's, it's an Italian restaurant. Place, yeah. My buddy Tim Ziegler came. Killer grub. Yeah, he lost his ma. Wow. So I dedicated one of the songs to him. He's a good cat. Uh so, they sent him the new dose. He wanted to hear the new dose. So, oh, um, so this Saturday you got the Sunken City thing, right? I play in Pedro. Yeah. Again yeah, with the Missing Men. Four cool. Missing Men gigs in four weekends. No, not Missing Men. Second Men. I didn't want to do any Missing Men because uh, 
I wanted to focus for the practice. Uh-huh. And then I could play with Pete and Jer, too. Uh, this is in a warehouse behind Sunken City Skates. So I can imagine the sound. It's probably really good. So go on the back side. <laughs> Front side You've been the skate in this shop. Building? I've been in the front side okay. of the skate shop, but I haven't been in the back Me side. Me either. So it'll be first. Something Craig Abar put together. Yeah, Craig. And, uh, yeah, Big Craig. God, I can't remember who the other bands are. He just put out a 7-inch with his Water Under the Bridge mm-hmm. records. Uh, WaterUnderTheBridge.com. WaterUnderTheBridgeRecords.com. It's a 7-inch with uh, One Side's Three Sack Songs. Or is it two sax songs? Sacred Trust. And the other side is uh, three Minutemen songs that weren't on the albums. They were like oh. on compilations. Uh-huh. Pre- Prelude, uh, Clocks, and th- uh, 30 May 2nd. And so that that just came out. Also the pre-orders for my third opera. Oh, I did a spiel with the, Mr. Ben from... Uh, New York Times. Oh, bitchin'. Yeah, he was way into it. He had me uh, go through the Bosch men, you know, uh-huh. that I kind of drew inspiration for all the parts. And, yeah, he was way into knowing about this and that. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to run Sunday. Bitchin'. Yeah. So say Mr. Time what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> First time's your name, and then, yeah. The funny one was Meatloaf, because he's Mr. Loaf. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been doing spiels every day for this thing and Trippy well he's closer to middle age I think the younger guys are like they don't really want to deal with the subject so much uh, they talk to me about the music and the like, bass and stuff they put thinking involved in it <laughs> but they and like, the middle age thing is like whoa OG son <laughs> I, don't, I ain't there yet <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> no, everybody's been very cool. And, uh, yeah, I've been toured in a while. It'll be two years, huh? Because two th- 2009, when actually I recorded Tom and Raul and Tony in Brooklyn. Tony Mamoni, you know, he's got a son, Milo. Yeah, year older. No, not even a year. Because September, still Akachan. Yeah, him and Mary, good people. Tom was big thing for this album, man. Mm-hmm. Really, he really helped bring it together. Jungle you know, train on a leash. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> Brother Norton. Hey, Brother Norton. I'm doing the radio show right now. What's happening, Mr. Wisdom? You know, that, that, that video you made, you know, Brother Matt, he did an interpretation of the third opera through oh, his wow. painting. Wow. And then did a video of it. But the last two got chopped off, so I asked him to make the whole deal. And put, oh, yeah, it's really righteous. incredible. Oh, cool. It's really good. Really good. Okay, are you going to put it up on the thing? Well, what I saw was beautiful, man. Except it was missing the last two. You got uh, iMovie. It's on every Mac. You can do it right there. I got iMovie, and it allowed me to speed it up eight times, which 
because you got 28 of them. Anyway, I should be doing the show now. But but I'll call you later. I'll call you later. Okay, not right now. It's cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, it would be bitching to have oh, him on the he show. he is huh? righteous. That would be awesome. Norton Wisdom is a cat. Yeah. He's a great painter, and part of what he does is he goes to gigs, gets on stage with the cats playing, and then interprets the music. He's using a special kind of paint that's kind of like... Uh, Watery kind of. Right. So he can, it's, he's painting on a piece of plastic so he can wash these things. Actually, what he washes can become yeah. part of the next drawing. Yeah, that's amazing. Because you know? he's using brush, he's using fingers, he's using... Yeah, all, sticks, all kinds anything of stuff. Anything gets wild. Yeah. His fingernails. I mean, this, and it, the, the way he can see what he wants to do, you know, is, is pretty intense. He don't have to try it out, man. He's just yeah, all of a sudden like, there's the face, there's the funnel. Yeah, forming know? right in front of you. It's like a magic. Oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's wild. And like uh, I said, he's interpreting the music as it goes along. I first got to know him from Banyan, uh, but he actually goes back with Nels Klein. Uh, I think that was the tie-in because Nell is playing uh-huh. with Banyan. So, uh, incredible guy. Also the oldest uh, lifeguard, Malibu. Yeah. So big respect, Norton Wisdom. Yeah, definitely. So maybe we have him on uh, coming up. That would be great.
Thank you. 
From Pedro Show. I uh, just heard the Golden Motors. I'm going to play with them. A guy named Dan Jones up in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Oh, cool. So, towards the end of the tour, I'll be playing with Dan and his new band, the Golden Motor- Motors. And uh, this tune was a pickle and two pearl onions. And before that, we heard Mr. Shimmy and uh, Robin Dupee. D U P U Y. Kind of French, huh? Dupuy? Dupuy. Dupuy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and a uh, great cello player. And uh, the theme of a leaf. Uh, speaking of uh, Mr. Shimmy, uh, last week I mastered the Spielgusher. Uh, yeah, 63 parts. Wow. And uh, when I got home, I called Richard Meltzer up about it. I sent him a file. Yeah, I never downloaded a file. Richard just turned 66. Never downloaded a file before. I said, well, you know, try it and listen. But I'll, I'll send you a CD in the mail just in case you put it in the machine. He gave me those spiels 2004. Yeah, the Paul Masson thing, right? No wine before it's time. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. But uh, he was very excited and happy. And uh, oh, yesterday was Mizuko's birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Happy day. But both uh, her and her husband, Miss Shimmy, did so great on this thing. Really bitching. So probably come out in September because I, I don't want them all coming out together or they uh, get all buried. Uh-huh. 
Mike's and Big Ego, Mike Wattrip. They're sure. actually all these things are all different. It's on my le- label, Clench Ranch, but I'm sp- spreading them out a couple months apart, mm-hmm. so they all have their own lives. That's you know. cool. So the new the new label project uh, that's working out good. Then there are all kinds of stuff going on. Well, first the third opera, oh. March first, but then I have three other releases right. Like I say, staggered a couple mm-hmm. months each. First, the fourth Dose album, then uh, the Italian, Pasonio de uh-huh. Maranayo, uh, a couple months after that, and then uh, the Spiel Gusher with Richard Meltzer. And uh, yeah, I already got, uh, I forgot, did I, I didn't bring you one, did I? Third opera. I got the. Oh, oh um, yeah, the yellow the, one? The yellow one, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got it. Yeah. That's it. You look on the cool. back there, it says. Klein Schrench. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyway, much respect to the uh, my Tokyo friends. They both did so great, and uh, I think all all three of us uh, did justice to Richard. His spiels are so intense. I'll bring you one. Cool. Uh, before them, we heard a new song by a Light called "Rabbit." It's the year of the rabbit. Light are buddies of mine from Tokyo that I'm gonna take on tour. Um, they're going to play with me and my missing men from Dallas to a- uh, Atlanta. Cool. cool. So they'll be playing, yes, in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh 16th of March to, uh, 26th? <laughs> 16th. Ten days, they do ten gigs with us. But everybody, if you get a chance, uh, check out Light because there's smoke in band. And before them, starting it all off was Chimp in a Toga, which is like some a rare song by the Go Team, who's on tour too. Um, yeah, I hadn't talked to Richard in a long time, man. He was in good spirits, except his novel he's been spending seven years to write. The book, did you hear about Barnes & Noble? They just went under. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're in such a panic. I guess it's these e-books and Kindles or something uh, and stuff like that. Uh, another industry getting turned upside so down. So I told you, maybe, Richard, you got to do, like, this Clench Ranch thing. Yeah, do your own. You know, own Walt show. Whitman, 1855. When he was a grass, he had to put out himself. Uh-huh. He was writing letters to the paper, you know, with a... Nam de plume, uh-huh. right? Hey, yeah, you got to check out this Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> it was him. Got thousands of members in his fan club. One address. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really not a new idea. I mean, he was doing it 160 years ago, so, you know. It is lame because Richard's such a great writer and he spends so much time and told it's not worth the paper it's printed on wow fuck that shit yeah Yeah, so that was the only weak thing everything was great that was talking him beautiful and I'll chow with him when I play in Portland again get to play third opera for him too he's interested he's a good cat man ten of the spiels was going to be Minuteman was going to collaborate with Richard. Uh-huh. 
he kept those ten and used them with this spiel gush. Uh, so, yeah. I remember giving D. Boone, I'm going to this pad, and I got the ten pieces of paper from Richard. Richard wanted to play sax and sing with us. We're going to do a quartet, uh, Georgie. And, um, wow. I, I give him to D. Boone. I, he, oh, we're going to go on this trip. And D. Boone, you're all, this is a week from tour, one week. You're all sick with fever. He's red as lobster. And he said, don't worry. You know, well, here, here's these words. Look at these and try to think of licks and stuff, music. Try to. He could. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I said, please do that. Okay, okay. So they were in the boat when it went over. And, and now they come out uh, with the spiel goods. Along with like 38 others. Uh-huh. He did. He actually gave me 50, but two were repeated. Like I asked him about that on the phone call. I said, Richard, you know, uh, I wanted to use all of them, but two of them were, were duplicated. He goes, oh, I know. That was a fuck up. <laughs> so I was like, good. Because, you know, I didn't censor. I didn't take off one word. Uh, sometimes I moved around a little bit to fit in the music. Because, mm. of course, he was just reading them. Uh-huh. He didn't know what music. Yeah, I had to find... Uh, before, you know, I try. I asked other people. Till the, the um, Shimmy Mizuko agreed. You know, a lot of people were like, "Whoa, it's a little intense here," uh, but they were all for it, man. They were all for it. In three days, we did that. Wow. There's fourteen instrument, thirteen instrumentals, uh, three poems by themselves, and then uh, forty-five of them together, us together. I think that makes no there's 14 instrumentals 14 plus 3 17 plus 45 is that 62 <laughs> fuck it let's play some more <laughs> <laughs>
paid. Just pay the price. for Pedro show uh, running over a little bit so quick tell you songs then get an hour two uh, started off with uh, this is my crime by Teco Sasso that's a new band by Devin Hoff uh, ex Nels Klein singer bass player mm. out on his own he, he's thinking about moving to Cali uh, SoCal he uh, wrote me he emailed hey why is it a good idea I said yeah come uh, then we can do that uh, double uh, bass duet oh um, yeah Cool. And and better weather maybe. Chicago's righteous, but then we heard Telephone Blues by the Rats. The Rats, this is a band uh McRonson. Mm. Oh great cat from an England town called Hull. And then finally Little Johnny Jewel live television. Uh not in the old days, this is two thousand four, but Dick Lloyd's on guitar. Okay, we're at the end of a second hour. <laughs> Fuck. First hour. February 22nd, 2011, Waffle Peter Show. Hold tight for hour two. February 22nd, 2011. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Letters to Ziola. How great it would be if the sun lost all responsibility and left us here. For me, the day has become an excuse. But I too have found a way of not waking up. I've been asleep now for days and days and days. I feel as if I'm sitting in an open box car and it's heading out of town. It looks like the inside of a prison cell. I'm scared. And I'm excited. My days and my dreams have never known each other so well. In the course of my day, I have no idea where I'm going. But in my dreams, no matter where I end up, soon as sleep rolls over me, I sneak out and head downtown. My dreams allow me to cheat. My dreams punish me. They're so vivid. I see pictures so clear it would be forgery to paint them. I hear songs as clear as a summer radio. Songs to pass the time as the boxcar heads south. I woke up in the late afternoon. On a day like this, I wonder if you age less because you didn't use all of it. You see, if that's so, then you should be able to live twice as long as anyone else just by waking up at four o'clock in the afternoon. I turn on the late afternoon TV. There's all the Career, school, commercials, drug addict, and alcohol, rehabilitation commercials. And I think to myself, gee, I'd like to have a drink and get high. And the phone rings, but I don't answer it. I don't care who it is. I don't got anything I want to talk about. I remember when you used to call. Remember? You'd always say, oh, we're going to be famous. Yeah, that's how you'd always end the conversation. It's an inspirational message. It was okay between the two of us. It's funny, you know, but inspirational messages always seem most possible when you're totally wasted. What do I need? What is going to bring me around? It's not listening to ex-drug addicts. I know for a fact all drug addicts are liars. I get off on athletes when they start getting all inspirational. And they gotta go and mention Jesus and ruin it. Weight loss commercials are pretty good, you know. 
some 40-year-old lady who's lost 85 pounds. And I look at her and I think she could not possibly have more guts than I do. Books. The Bible's never really done it for me. You know, being an extremist, I've always thought it was just too popular. There's a paper in Los Angeles called The Recycler. The Recycler has given me a lot of inspiration. I remember when I first moved here and the determination that I had to get a job and find a band, get an apartment. You know, if only I had a cool apartment. I'll save every penny and I'll buy myself some equipment. Always just two or three steps behind happiness. It's too bad they don't do centerfolds or cover stories. I'd kind of like to be on the cover of The Recycler. I had no friends at the time. All my friends now are drug addicts. I don't believe that I would ever wish that I had no friends. You never met Bernice or Alfred. They're a couple that have been through thick and are now very thin. Bernice is usually in a better mood than I am when I see her. And she lives on the street. She's an adorable Mexican girl. She seems like if you were to take her home and scrub her up, she'd probably start singing and <laughs> become America's sweetheart. Alfred sits on the curb and reads. He reads more than I do. I'd like to believe it's because he's got more time. Last dream I had, I drove downtown and I just stayed there. I hung out with Alfred. We both sat on the curb, talking all sour over current events, while Bernice and Casey hustled up the business. Yeah, adding up credit with Kiko. It amazes me how little difference there is between me and Alfred and Bernice and Casey. As far as I can see, the only difference is that right now we're making our rent. I remember something about boxcar. Uh, inside of it, it was... Something on the wall. Bernice loves Alfred. Hey, I got another one for you. All men are created with equal time. Father time has got to be the richest make believe individual that never lived. 
A man that knows what to do with his time is a man, I guess, that's up in the front of the line. In the course of a day, a man can make three phone calls and make $3,000. Another man can curl up his bicep for three hours and he can puff up his arm three inches. And another man can stand on the corner chasing down cars for three hours and end up with three spoons credit with Kiko. Me, I spend days on end trying to come up with a three-minute poem that's going to mean something to somebody. And I have never been satisfied. Maybe I should try scrubbing up Bernice. Watch from Pedro Show. I started off the second hour here with uh, Wakine doing Waterworld. Some other buddies I got in Tokyo. Great cat. Cat Tack. Or Tack Cat. Which way? Because they reverse their names. You know that. They put the last first their way. So I always get confused. But anyway, he's a great brother. And uh, Brother Ken, they're like the core of the Wakine. And, oh, great, great cats. And then we heard uh, letters to Xiola. Xiola? Xiola? Ziola? Zola? Zola, yeah. Zola. Okay, sorry, Pear, we had to get consensus here. <laughs> That's Perry Farrell doing some spoken word. Remember that Hollywood thing we did last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't from that. Uh, Never got released, but released now. Um, Harvey Kubernick thing? Harvey Kubernick, yeah, that's right. Harvey. And uh, we figured it out. There's 45 Richard Meltzer spiels with music, 15 instrumentals, and three uh, spiels with no music. So that makes 63. Got a calculator. Yeah, we did it. So, (laughs) you know, don't bring out the gurneys for the Alzheimer's what from Pedro show people yet. Because it just takes us a little time, but we get it together. We get it figured out. And in fact, uh, speaking of getting it together, Brother Matt. Can we get a little spin cycle? Give it a try here. Let's see what happens. Reality is... Simply allow your ears to hear all sounds around you. Yeah. 
is no future. There is only now. Neither past nor future actually There is no past. past. There is, there is no future. There is, there is only now. now. Neither past nor future actually Neither past nor future actually exist. The love zone will pass. Play with your ears. The love sound. Play with your ears.
Hey, brother Matt, thank you so much. Cool, thank you. Uh, what was the motivation, inspiration, impetus behind tripping on how much music that I got that I haven't checked out since I've been looking for something else? Yeah. You know, just accumulated a bunch of stuff, so I figured yeah. instead of continuing to look forward, I would look within. Right. <laughs> So, got a little variety of, of stuff um, from uh, old punk anthem I thought was pretty trippy to have dub stepped out. Yeah, that was a trip. <laughs> that was a mind blow. <laughs> yeah, so we had a little, little eclectic mix. Yeah. And it's all about taking stock of what's in stock. Checking out your shit. Yeah, checking out your... <laughs> and you're putting your fingers through it. Fingers full. Finger in it. <laughs> well, it was pretty bitching. <laughs> pretty bitching. Goobie. Thank you. Yeah. Slam it. Um, we're up to uh, the end of the second hour of the February 22nd, 2011 Waffle Pedro show. Hold tight for hour three. Check. February. 22nd, 2011. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And coming up now is part five of Steam Dreamers of Inverness. Yeah. Once again, we return to that old mansion on the hill overlooking the Bay of Inverness. Its windows are like a thousand eyes turned inward, and its doors, hinged on time, open into endless space. As we look in on the Inverness Mansion, we find Jack, Mojo, and Claudine sitting in the library. The topic of conversation is Sanford White, who had attempted to destroy an old Victorian steam projector that was hidden away in a secret room in the mansion. But Sanford did not succeed. What did old Cole of King Cole think of our steamoscope? He didn't know what to make of it. He was able to repair it? Yeah. It was the cast-iron casing that your friend Sanford White so diligently smashed with a sledgehammer. Jack, I'm sorry. I trusted Sanford. I know. Sanford was doing what he thought was right. Oh, and luckily, the internal chamber that spins the glass slides was still intact. Can we test it out now? I was thinking, maybe we should just leave it be. Why? What's wrong? I've come to realize that what I've been looking for, I already have. Are you retiring, Jack? Mojo, I'll never retire, but, well... I'm tired of constantly pursuing one strange quest after another, and speaking of strange, Claudine, why are you giving me that look? Why did you have the projector repaired when you had no intention of our using it again? Because I've had time to think about things, and I've decided to remain here in Inverness. And, 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 and do and... what, nothing? Claudine, my aunt left me a nice endowment. At least enough to take it easy. So maybe it's time I do just that. You think you're going to sit around and watch the sun come up? And the sun go down all day long? Well, 
I mean, look around you. There are thousands of great books in this library. Enough to keep me busy for decades. Claudine, are you pouting? I'm going back to Montréal. Don't do that. Jack's just in one of his funks. It'll pass. Will it, Jack? Okay, look. I know you two are eager to get that clunky old steam projector up and running again, but have you asked yourselves why? Claudine, you said you met someone you knew as a child, an imaginary friend, and she wanted you to stay there with her. I mean, doesn't that sound just a little bit crazy? I'm aware of that. Well, then why do you want to go back? Because there is so much more to see. I agree with Claudine. I was able to get on that Zeppelin and the people there, they were flat, two-dimensional, like part of an old black and white photograph. But I sat down and started to play the piano and I could hear them talking. And then they started to move. I could smell perfume, cigarettes, and food. Man, I could even taste the food. Mojo, you told me this before, but I'm sorry. It, it doesn't mean that they... Wait, they, wait, wait. What? The last time I was on that Zeppelin, I saw clouds float on by, meaning everything was starting to move. Now, I find that exciting. And if you want to sit here and curl up with a good book, that, that's cool. But I want to go back up there and see what else is cooking on that Zeppelin. Okay. Sanford White took a hammer to that projector because he believed we had become addicted to these steam dreams. Well, Sanford wasn't all wrong. He could see we had gotten carried away. But now that I know, we can stay alert. It's not going to happen again. Not to me. Hmm. Claudine, you really want to go back, don't you? What do you think I've been saying? Okay, okay. Well, Mojo and I can watch out for each other. Yeah, but if Mojo is is off doing his thing and, and you're off doing your thing... I'm going aboard the Zeppelin with Mojo. Oh, I see you two have been talking about this. Yeah. We figured you'd start hemming and hawing. Look, Mojo, I don't hem and I certainly don't haul. But, well, whatever you want, just do it. Jack, come with us. Man, you gotta see the Zeppelin. It's beautiful. And the more I stay up there, the more everything becomes alive. And if you two there, maybe I'll be able to tell how much of this I'm making up. And how much is really up there. Mm. Jack, please, just one more time. That's all I ask. God. Wouldn't you like to ride on a Zeppelin? <laughs> Can't I ever say no to you? Well, just say no. No. All right. So, uh, you and Mojo are going to go off on a madcap adventure while I just sit here and read a book, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. A Zeppelin, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a beaut. Mm-hmm. Big, too. Got two decks. And you ought to see the controls. It's got this wheel like for steering an ocean liner. And the view, man, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you can imagine, but that ain't the same as seeing. So, still saying no, Jack? No. <laughs> when do you want to go? <laughs> right now. Oh. All right. And so Jack and Mojo returned to the cellar to once again shovel coal into that old cast-iron steam boiler. But there was something Jack wasn't aware of. 
and that was a conversation that took place earlier between Mojo and Claudine and the caretaker of Inverness, old far-seeing Art. Art, there were times we were up in that steam room and that slide projector would slow down and stop. Well, there is a faulty valve. Cole fixed that. We want you to keep the furnace going. We don't want to run out of steam. How long you all plan to stay up there? Just don't let the furnace die. You're going to spend the winter? Uh, give us at least 48 hours. You're going to be steaming for two days? That's right. Well, I'll keep her stoked. Uh, and one more thing. Don't tell Jack. I don't know about that. He's the boss. Please? It's a surprise. Yeah, I'll bet it is. Thanks, Art. Yep. And now, as the boiler heats up and the steam begins to rise, the three adventurers, well, at least two adventurers and one ex-adventurer who has come along for the ride, climb the stairs back up into the tower, and then through the narrow corridor within the walls, and finally into that tiled room they call Steam Dreams. Uh, Mojo, uh, how's the slide projector looking? Any steam escaping? It appears old King Cole did a solid job welding the cracks. Oh, good. Claudine, you comfortable? Jack, I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you. So you are. (laughs) You two seen anything out there? Uh, Nothing yet. Let me say a few words about that steamoscopic projector. It's a rather large, elaborate cast-iron slide projector that's operated by steam. The slides spin around, creating a three-dimensional stereoscopic image, a sort of Victorian version of a hologram. There are chairs arranged in a circle in the center of the tiled room. A black-and-white photograph of a town is projected into the room. Jack, you have to trust me. Okay. I cannot have you telling me what I should do. When do I ever tell you what to do? Something isn't working. Hang on there. I'm just warning you in advance. Mojo, what's the problem? I'm working on it. But, Claudine, what if I'm trying to protect you? From what? Well, you know, from some demon or maybe an evil wizard. Then ask me first. Why are we having this conversation? Because I don't want you to protect me from myself. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, there, yes. Now I see something. Ah. Oh, right, right. The image is coming back. As the slide projector gets up to speed, other slides slip into place. They can see people, horses, carriages, men in frock coats and top hats, women with long dresses and bustles. And high above it all is a zeppelin. Ah, there's Mr. Zeppelin. Still hovering way up there. But how do we get on board? Did you bring a ladder? No, man. We bring the Zeppelin down here. How do we do that? Well, first, you gotta relax. You take three conscious breaths. Mm, And then smile. That's right. Ready? Jack? I've already started. We'll start again. Okay, okay. All together now.
is, Eppy. Come on down. That's right. A little closer. Give Mojo that old zooming effect. That's it. It'll get a little grainy as it gets closer, but that'll change. The great Zeppelin now fills the sky. Its shadow covers the city. Mojo reaches up, stretching out his arms, and finally, his fingertips touch the surface of the great airship. Reach out. You can feel the skin. Oh my god, I can actually touch it. Don't that feel good? This is amazing, Mojo. Just keep breathing slow. Now all you gotta do is slip on through this thin membrane. It's as easy as can be. Our three adventurers slowly step in through the thin skin and into the gondola. Look, there are people. They're not moving, not just yet. But give them time, and you'll hear them talking. You'll see a hand move, or maybe a head turn. And someone will take out a cigarette. Just, just give them time. What do they make of your being here among them? They think I'm the piano player. <laughs> I didn't realize there's so much room on the Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. There's two decks, a lounge, a parlor. There's staterooms, sleeping quarters, a commercial kitchen, <laughs> bathrooms, a dining room, and a cockpit. I'd like to see the cockpit. Oh, I'll take you there. But first, let's sit down and see if I can wake him up a little. When I was here before, I couldn't tell how much this was happening in my head and how much I wasn't waking up. This is amazing, Mojo. And you were going to sit and read the book, huh, Jack? Okay, okay. You got me. <laughs> there. That ought to shake the dust off him a little. Come on. I'll show you the cockpit. Down this way. Mojo leads the way through the lounge down the steps to the lower deck, and finally to the cockpit located in the front of the ship. Now look at that. Wow. It's a classic wooden steering wheel. Exactly like you'd find on an old sailing ship. <laughs> it's a big one, all right. I'd love to fly this. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think it'd make much difference since we're not going anywhere. Uh, I don't know about that. The last time I was here, I saw clouds float on by. Were the clouds moving, or were you? As far as I could tell, both. Did you see? It just moved. What? What moved? The ship's steering wheel. It gave a little turn. Oh, that was probably the pilot. He was just adjusting his course. Oh, you mean he's beginning to awaken? Oh, listen. Some of those people, they wake up faster than the others. There was a woman I was talking to. She was up and walking about well, long before anybody else. Oh, is that the woman you mentioned before? Yeah. She's pretty elegant. <laughs> Italian, I think. Will everyone here eventually awaken? Oh, they'll seem like they're awake. But most of the people won't even see you. They'll just look right through you. But then there's someone who will look right at you. So if we go around talking to these people... And if someone actually answers, then we'll know we're being seen? I think you'll find out soon enough. Oh, 
Are they having a party? Ah, they can get pretty lively. Especially back in the cocktail lounge. I'll show you. Come on. Oh, the food looks delicious. It's too bad that we can't eat it. Oh, it just needs to awaken a little. <laughs> you mean the food wakes up too? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying a little caviar. No taste at first. But when I waited a while and tried it again, mm, I was pretty fine. <laughs> I wish I had dressed for this. I feel like people are giving me strange looks. Well, at least you're being seen. Ah, there's my friend. Come on, I'll introduce you. Oh, I feel so out of place. Ah, Contessa. I want you to meet a couple friends of mine, Claudine and Jack. Oh. I am pleased to meet the friends of Mr. Mojo. I am Contessa and Talina Eliminado. Is something wrong, mademoiselle? Everyone here is dressed so formal. People are looking at me strangely. Oh, they are curious. Perhaps envious. You are an adventurous. You are like the great white huntress here on safari. Mm. I wish I could believe that. Uh, Contessa, do you have something that would fit Claudine? Something that might be a little more... Appropriate for the occasion. Claudine, please, come with me. We will see what we should find, huh? huh. Well, I'm going to go look around a little bit. No, no, no. You come too. I find a wardrobe for all of you. You got tuxedos? I do not know, but <laughs> they do. <laughs> Am I going to wear their clothes? Why not? They walk around as though they are still asleep. So why? What would they know? <laughs> 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 and so the Countess rummages through the wardrobes until she finds the right tuxedos for Jack and Mojo. And then she and Claudine head off for the dressing rooms. Mm-mm. I like wearing a tuxedo. Man, I'm back to feeling like I'm putting on the wrist. You look pretty sharp, Mojo. Both looking pretty fine. Oh. Shall we get a drink? They got a good bartender. He can make a pretty mean martini. Sounds good to me. Hello, Mr. Mojo. How you doing? You give me five. Uh, yeah. A martini? That's right. And you, sir? A, a martini. And dry, please. Of course. That's strange. I never told him my name. What about that give me five? I never showed him that either. Interesting. Maybe... When I leave, some of me still stays around. What do you mean? Well, I must have told him to high five, so maybe we leave a little residue around for a while. Here you are. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> you had it waiting for me. Really? I wonder... Oh, my God. I think I just saw an angel. What angel? Over there. You're right. She is an angel. I have to meet this woman. Well, it looks like she's coming this way. She is stunning. Excuse me, mademoiselle. Pardon? I'm Jack Flanders. I've traveled around this world and its various realms, but I've never met anyone as beautiful as you. Qui êtes-vous? Mojo. What did she just say? She said, who are you? Mademoiselle, you are the loveliest angel I've ever seen in my entire existence. Alors, dites-moi, Monsieur Flanders, combien d'anges avez-vous déjà vu? 
She asks, uh, how many angels have you seen? Ah, oh. can you understand me? Oui. Pardon? I just wanted to say that you look absolutely stunning. Merci, Monsieur Flanders. <laughs> Jack, doesn't she fit in perfectly? She is now one of us. Mm. Je me sens comme chez moi. Je suis bien ici. Uh-huh. I noticed that, Claudine. Would you two ladies care for a drink? You know what I like, Mojo. Martini dry. <laughs> Claudine? Mm, I rarely drink, but a martini, sure. Why not? Two, coming up. Contessa, is this Zeppelin actually going anywhere? At this moment, no. Can you tell me something about the people here, about yourself? It is very difficult. Why? Because we occupy each moment. But what about all those past moments? Oh, they are no longer, are they not? True, but everyone here has a past, don't they? Why do you need to know? I'm just trying to understand. Who are the people on the Zeppelin? Do you feel they are trying to understand you, Mr. Flanders? I don't know. I doubt it. Our past, why does that matter? It is this moment that matters now, no? But don't you ever think about your past or, or your future? If I use this moment thinking and talking about what is no longer, then this moment is what? Ah, it is past. And you don't want your present to be occupied by your past? You understand. Good. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I do. At least, for the moment. Claudine, do you have any idea of who the Contessa really is? Why? Aren't you curious? Why do you need to know? Well, maybe because I like to solve mysteries. <laughs> maybe you like to create mysteries to solve. Uh, you sure do look fine, Miss Claudine. Mm, merci. Jack, the Contessa is giving me a tour of her castle. That is what she calls her Zeppelin. Her Zeppelin? I'll meet you back here later. She owns this? Don't tell me we're in an inflatable castle. You didn't notice the name of the Zeppelin? It's called Illuminato. Oh. Well, I guess she does own it. You know, uh, that's one gorgeous woman you've got there. Yes, I do know. Very beautiful, very independent, and very Montreal French. <laughs> oh, man, you don't know how lucky you are. Actually, I do. But listen, have you tried talking to any of the others on this airship? Ah, they don't even see me. Have you tried tweaking their noses? I thought I'd let you try that. When you look at an old photograph, you can speculate about who the people are, what their lives may have been. The camera has captured the moment. I'm wondering if that's what the Contessa was trying to tell me. Do the people here exist from, from one moment to the next and, well, that's it? But that's true of you and me, too. And that's where we make the mistake of thinking that they are like us. I think they're frozen in time. Uh, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. It's a mystery I, I'd like to solve. You're speculating way too early in the game. Right now, I want to find out is this Zeppelin going somewhere, or are we just hanging up here above the city? But there's nothing beyond this city. There's, there's nowhere to go. Jack, if you quit trying to solve this mystery, you may discover the mystery may solve itself. Well, you may be right. <laughs> but if you do solve it, then there's no mystery, and you go back to doing what you said you weren't going to do. 
which is always looking outside yourself for another mystery when it's you who is the real mystery, and maybe that's <laughs> what you ought to be solving. Okay, okay. I think I got your point. I'm going to meet the captain. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder. Jack stops before a rather stern-looking woman. Excuse me, madam. Have you seen Claudine? So I don't exist, do I? I, uh, I could give your nose a little tweak. What do you think? <laughs> Jack reaches out with his thumb and forefinger and tweaks the woman's rather large, bulbous nose. Oh, sorry. I guess I do exist. On some level, anyway. As Jack is making his way toward the cockpit, he sees Mojo returning. Did you speak to the captain? I did. Did he respond? He said a couple of words. Sounded like he was speaking in German. German? Really? I would like to meet this captain. <laughs> well, follow me right this way. You could say that uh, what we have here is a three-dimensional photograph made up of shadows, light, and steam. But how are we making it real? Well, uh, Jack, I remember you telling me that, uh, that we human beings can't see motion. Neurologists discovered that what we're doing is taking thousands of little snapshots. You know, it's just like a film flicking past our eyes. We think we're seeing motion. It's true. We can't see movement. That steam projector is made up of little whirling slides. Still shots that give us a sense of motion. Mm. You know, and what we're, well, what we're seeing here are people who've been captured by a special lens. And the projector is just you know, converting them back again. Do you mean bringing them back to life? Well, I don't know if it's that, but they may be just here only from moment to moment. Mojo, you may be right. You know, before we try to figure it out, let's see if we can find out where we're going, if we're going anywhere. They make their way to the lower level and then forward to the cockpit. The captain, a large, distinguished-looking man with a neatly manicured beard, is standing at the helm observing the dials on the control panel. Uh, excuse me, Captain? Oh, that's what happened to me. He looked right through you. Was wünschen Sie? What was that? Captain, pouvez-vous me dire dans quelle direction nous nous dirigeons? Nous n'avons pas encore choisi notre destination. What did he say? We have no set destination. Does that mean we're going nowhere? Capitaine, cela veut-il dire que nous n'allons nulle part Mais pas du tout. Alors nous allons quelque part, mais à aucun endroit en particulier. Mais tout a changé. Oh, he said everything has changed. Ask him if he speaks English. Of course I speak English. Oh, sorry. I see. I'm Jack Flanders, and, and this is Claudine. Bonjour, Capitaine. And my friend here, uh, Mojo Sam. Salut. I am Captain Heinrich von Baumbaum. Von Bon bon? Baum, baum. Excuse me, Captain. What did you mean, everything has changed? We were simply here, suspended above the city. But now, no longer. And where are we going now, Captain? At this moment, we are about to encounter a storm. What storm? Over there. We are headed right into it. Oh, man. That's a mean-looking cloud. that lightning. Oh, wow. Can we get above it? Too late for that. Can we outrun it? Outrun? <laughs> no. We want to run with it. Oh, I 
always wondered how Zeppelins dealt with storms. I guess I'm about to find out. As the captain turns the airship's wheels, spinning at 180 degrees, the Great Zeppelin immediately responds, swinging around, heading in the opposite direction. The storm is now upon them. A force suddenly grasps the great airship and flings it forward. The passengers scramble for whatever they can hold onto. I mean, anything that's fastened down. And in the cockpit, Jack, Mojo, and Claudine grab onto whatever they can, stepping back to give the captain room to spin the wheel while outside the wings screech and howl. We're going somewhere, that's for sure. Lightning flashes across the bow of the Great Zeppelin as the black, boiling clouds fling the ship forward. Will this hold together? Man, are we caught in a hurricane? We're certainly caught in something. Onwards the ship is hurled. Captain Von Baumbaum grits his teeth, trying to keep the airship from turning sideways into the wind. And then, suddenly, they're free of the storm. The clouds vanish. A vast sky of blue surrounds them. The captain relaxes. Mansions, Kinder. That was a good one, huh? The light is beautiful. We're floating in a sea of blue. Jack, Mojo, what is that out there? It looks like... Land ahoy. And there before them is a city and an island, and they are floating in the sky. I don't think we're in Inverness anymore. What for Pedro Show? That was part five. Past halfway part, a mark now, and there's eight parts. Jack Flanders in yet another adventure. This one, the Steam Dreamers of Inverness. Uh, good folks at ZBS Media. You can find them at zbs.org. And I heard the ZBS stands for zero bullshit. Uh, Mr. Bean Bob Fulton. The, the mastermind behind all the scripting and uh, getting it together. But uh, you can, the other voices, too, going way back to uh, Fourth Tower of Inverness. You can hear the same cats. Um, support them. Check out their, uh, they've got a huge wealth of materials. Lots of Jack adventures, but other stuff as well. All mind movies, all to feed the head with trippy stuff. Most righteous. Big respect. Brother Matt, so what's been up? You've been doing the teachaholic? Yeah, I've still been on the power mode. Human hat rack covering like five positions. Hat racking it. So I'm getting to know every detail of my job, yeah. of my program very intimately. Uh, the juggaloni yeah but uh, it's it's working out you know i'm, I'm yeah. ma- managing it um you got some good results back yeah yeah we're we're powering out so we're small compared to a lot of the other ones but that's yeah. cool because we get to handle things and now that we're even smaller staffed 
It's like I got to keep the cream of the crop, so we're streamlined, but we're powering better. And cut some uh, chaff. Yeah, yeah. Chafe. And, and then fine-tuned the rig a little bit and uh, came up with some new systems and fine-tuned the filter. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're getting better better quality uh, potential students now and uh, students who can do it, and, and uh, we're cranking them out. So it's cool. I got about seventy-five students right now in the program. Ah, bitch! In a staff of three. Yeah. And one of them's pregnant. She's about to go almost on, four. Like, two more weeks. <laughs> you almost got a staff of four there. New shipmate yeah, it'll be down to aboard. two before we hit the four. No, it'll be two. Right yeah, it'll be two. <laughs> Look, you've been on Pacific there. Remember what was that pad called? Siglianos. Oh yeah, yeah. Next day, El Taco on Ninth and Pacific. Yeah, uh, uh, it's the water seagulls. Seagulls. Yeah, now it's a watercolor national watercolor, but they have guards out in front. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> they had two guards there. What was the night. it? Was seagulls? What was Siglianos? That was another pad. Yeah, another place. Um, <laughs> it was a chow pad, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my memory's so bad. Seagulls was a chow pad too. Or, well, yeah, or just, was it? Or was yeah. it a bar? No, it was a little combo, like one of those okay. old, sta- uh, like. Uh, Little local seafood Italian joint, I think. Yeah, um, but now it's the National Watercolor Institute. Yeah, it's trippy. There's dudes in there painting under guard. <laughs> I always thought that it was sitting there empty for a long oh, time. Oh, I know. It's like I know. something, something must be up with that place. And now it's functioning, and it looks like something's up with that place. Yeah. <laughs> so trippy. It just intrigued me. Maybe put the. Uh, James Allen and the random link yeah. crew on that. Get some uh, investigator. <laughs> Speaking word. of investigator uh, reporter, Ruben Salazar? This is like the anniversary. Oh. Remember him? Uh, yeah. He got uh, accidental tear gas right, grenade yeah. or something. Yeah, accidentally hit the dude who speaks the loudest. Right, right. That was pretty rough. And, you know, Kind of soul searching for us because we know what's happening right now in the uh, Middle East and stuff all over the place. Gaddafi might tumble. Yeah, the whole area. Everybody got the little peek at what what's possible. Yeah, and it's coming out of protest. And uh, I did, I, I was reading something about him, Ruben Salazar. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's like 40 years ago, mm. but still. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Kind of a brave guy. There's weird yeah, things cool. about leading up to that. He got taken down to the police department, shook down. You know, he was writing for all kinds of people, the mm. Times. And then he ended up on a small little TV station, a Latin station. Mm. He was like... Breaking open some stories. Cause, huh? yes. Yeah. Just him and I think he was given like a sound man and a cameraman, kind of a Huel Hauser. Uh-huh. But he was busting open some big stories. And uh, I think he was asked to tone things down by the protected servers, uh-huh. protector servers. And then yeah. all of a sudden, there's a weird thing like that weekend, you know, he. Messy desk and all this, all this hate mail on the bulkhead. He takes all that down, cleans up the desk, and uh, I'll see you on Monday. Yeah, maybe. Oh. So maybe. Wow. Yeah. 
just some heavy things. It's hard. You can't reconstruct the past. That was a long time ago. But definitely, when we see other people around the world speaking out and everything, and yeah, us too, mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, it is pretty amazing. I mean, I think even in China, they're trying to have some. Yeah, a lot of people haven't had a voice in a long time, so... Yeah. Pretty intense. You got a lot of shit bottled up. And uh, Mother Nature had something to say. New Zealand, right? Wow. You hear about this earthquake? Yeah. Christchurch, yeah. I was just... I mean, that's on the South Island, so I wasn't there, but I was close. I was on the North Island. And there was uh, cats telling me about earthquakes. I never thought about New Zealand earthquakes, but they've had them. They're on that rim. It's either a dictator or Mother, Mother Nature. Nature has. It's, it's <laughs> tough to, to escape whatever it is you, you got to yeah. deal with. It's coming down. <laughs> yeah, I was reading about all these solar storms that are supposed to be yeah. coming. Yeah, right. that's supposed to be like the Katrina of solar storms. Yeah. The one like... In 1850 or something, that one happened that it was so lit up at nighttime, you could read a book at night outside. Um, wow. And uh, they said that this one's going to be way worse because we, they didn't have computers and shit. Then. Right. You know, we're way more electronic. Vulnerable. Now. Things weren't so technological. We take the zaps. Everything is going to get fried. Whoa. Well. Never mind. We got music. <laughs> Let's hear some music. Atomic. We're all riding. 
down to the bottom, let your armor ring. Just ring my armor, let your armor ring. Got a nine pound armor, let your armor ring. Gonna ring in the bottom. Well, my partner's got a worry, let your armor ring. I can hear my partner's order, let your armor ring. I'm gonna call a little loader. I'm going down to Brella Brazos. Just to call my hammer. I believe I call baby. Where my baby's Avelina. Oh, Avelina, I called you. Well, I rode I'm on the Brazos. Oh, check out time, I was a roller. It drove out.
Brother Matt was checking out my Alzheimer-addled mind, and I, I was right. It was Ruben Salazar, and even some of the informations I spoke were kind of in the Coliseum. Yeah, in the ballpark, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so much respect to Ruben Salazar, a very brave man who uh, fought just to get the truth out and, you know, get us on board with yeah. the dirt behind the daydream. Yeah. I should tell you what we played, though. We played some music here. Um, last stuff for this edition. Uh, it started off with the Infrared Radiation Orchestra with God's Golf Ball. And I, th- I think that's like a ph- philosophical song. We're all on God- God's golf ball. <laughs> Ready to whack us with the cosmic <laughs> storm. The cosmic right? spank. Yeah. Then we heard Moth and the Flame by Simon Stokes and the Heathen Angels. This cat was at my gig uh, last week at the Redwood Bar and Grill. 73 years old. Wow. Gives me a CD. So, so all the, it's not always kids that give me the CDs, Bitchin. okay? Bitchin. Yeah, Heathen much respect. Angels, yeah. But he knew, um, this is a song he wrote with Sky Saxon, The Seeds Cat. Uh-huh. And then uh, Hammering by Lilith and the Sinner Saints. Now, this is an Italiano band, and the drummer man uh, wrote me. He was at the gig where Black Flag and... Minutemen played in Milano, oh, and all wow. the cops came wow. out in the big uh-huh. war. The kids actually would not go in the club until they lowered the price. Kind of like these kind of guys uh-huh. were in the club, you know. Uh-huh. And they had to negotiate. We're not going to go in there. They sent thugs out to beat on them. And wow. Yeah, it was a trip. That was my first time playing in Italy. Uh-huh. My ma's land. Man. <laughs> yeah, it was a trip. Anyway, uh, his name is Tony Face. And uh, his drummer name. And uh, he sent me this uh, music he's playing with now. That's cool. Yeah, Heathen Angels and Sinner Saints. Yeah. Yeah, nice, there's sometimes nice, I got a little nice scheme going with the, <laughs> the order. And then we heard Coming In Backwards by Junior Juggernaut. Um, yeah, trippy thing. So, you, oops, sorry for hitting the mic. Um, Brother Matt, you also, through the your thorough investigative reporting, found out who is playing at the skate. Yeah. Uh, the warehouse behind Sunken City Skates yeah, in this Pedro Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah, for History Lesson Part 1, it's going to be, along with Mike Watt and the Second Men, Toys That Kill. Ah, oh, Todd. Carnage Asada. Oh, wow, Dave Travis. And Hot New Mexicans. Don't know them yet. <laughs> yeah, be, cool. be there. Happy to meet them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Peter and all ages. Cool. Speaking cool. of all ages, uh, Big Man Nick yeah, was at a place that was not him. all ages, <laughs> but he got up there and was rocking it. Thirteen years old. Good job, Nick. His pop came over early, Rudy. You know, I went to high school with him. He's a good cat. Did like. 13 years of fishing, and he's been a longie since. Mm. He brought me some hamachi, yeah, some uh, yellow... Uh, killer yellowtail. Yeah, yellowtail of, uh, steaks uh-huh. cut up. Nice. And uh, he said, look, you know, I, Nick did two with you last time. How about three? So I said, sure, you know. 
picked out the tune, Genius of Lunatic. He'll learn it. Okay. He came there, Nick played it good. Cool. And uh, but Jer, Jer was like... <laughs> <laughs> I said, we got two big men up here. Now. <laughs> right on, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you too, Jer. No. <laughs> Jerry rocks. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And in fact, he's recording right now with uh, Raul and Pete Pizzo. Oh, cool, up at Pete's pad there. Yep, at Casa Hanzo. This is a thing called Toothless Grin. We're working on the third and fourth songs. It's kind of a a proj. Uh, my second man, my missing man, myself, Jack Brewer from Sacred Trust, John Pekovich from Cobra Verde, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, uh, Matt Waskovich from uh, Scarcity oh, cool. of Tanks. Cool. And Chris Greer from, uh, I don't know, Candy Snatchers, I think the name was. Yeah, yeah he was at Rockin' at Herald's. Back yeah, that's right. Scarcity Scarcity Tanks. Tanks. Yeah. yeah, he's in that band, too. Cool. So it's this combination. Oh, and Byron Coley, which I don't think he's ever been in the band before. So that's very happening, but he's a prolific writer. I just read a, I wrote a foreword for his uh, book that's coming out, Montreal. Brother Matt, we're at the end. Oh, right, quick. This edition, right. February 22nd, 2011, Watt from Pedro Show. Back next week, I think we got a guest. Very cool. But we'll uh, keep surprising on you. Yeah. For sure, two weeks, Norton Wisdom. Excellent. Uh, a couple days before liftoff for the tour. So, everybody, uh, thanks for sailing with me and Brother Matt. Yeah. Keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs>